0: Boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right, we're talking Friday the 13th on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Andrew Hamilton, coming to you from the West Coast. Not as close to Camp Crystal Lake as I'd like, but that's okay. This is the Kill by Joe podcast, where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And we're going to unpack all of the gory details of Friday the 13th in hopes that uh, Camp Counselor's untimely ends just the beginning of the jokes that we can make about them. And as always, there's only one person that I trust to help me... pushed that arrow through an entire bed to get to somebody's neck. The one and the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina?
1: I am well. How are you? I'm
0: excellent today because we've gotten to probably the most iconic section of Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. This is... This is where this movie makes its bones. This is where we get to see the magic tricks happen in camera. It's the reason it was made in the first place. So I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you've only ever seen this movie once, this is the part you will remember.
0: It's so iconic that recently in an eggs with Kevin Bacon, it's him in four different casas, four different versions of himself. And one of them is in a brown tank top with an arrow coming through him. Now it's through his chest, not through his neck, because that makes it hard to talk. So it automatically discounts it. But it was so iconic that amongst you know, his Apollo 13 costume and his uh, footloose version of himself, here is Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon. (laughs) You know, I've heard him talk loosely about it, that he was a Broadway actor, that like all of these kids, kind of came out of Broadway auditions. I, I
1: mean, I would definitely say that other than Crispin Glover, he's probably the sole actor... Well, wait, no. I mean, one of the later movies wasn't the Supernatural guy, Padalecki. He was in one of them. But was he already in Supernatural in that?
0: He would have been on Gilmore Girls, certainly, before this. And he might have just started Supernatural around that time.
1: Kevin Bacon is probably the the, the only actor in the Christmas globe that came away from these movies with any sort of discernible career after this, which is funny because he, I cannot remember anything else he does in this movie up until his death scene. He leaves, he's pretty much leaves about as much of an impression as he did in Animal House, just sort of standing around looking vaguely uncomfortable.
0: He's not asked to do very much. He's no, he, he's, he's attached like, at the hip to Marcy.
1: Yeah, I mean his 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 main contribution is his rear end in in like a full screen shot. And I'm just I, I I remember years ago watching this movie with a roommate of mine and he him saying to me, imagine being Kevin Bacon and going to like the theatrical premiere of this with like his his friends and family and then just like this shot of his rear end just across a a full screen you Mm. movie screen are you proud of that or do you get up and go get your popcorn refill before that
0: that is a good question
1: it probably is actually him because they couldn't they likely could not afford a a a body double
0: no no and uh, considering the swimsuits they wear earlier uh, (laughs) not very much is left to the imagination (laughs) in this particular sequence we have a group that's off in a cabin playing strip monopoly which would we'll we'll take about,
1: which would take about, you know, three days in real life. So
0: <laughs> it's the very, comp- it's either over very quickly or would take forever. And then we have Marcy and Jack who've absconded off to a cabin, and they're making love below a corpse that's <laughs> bleeding on them. Marcy gets up to pee, and then Jack states quite loudly well, hurry up because I'm cold, and then puts on the world's thinnest T-shirt.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's not even T; it's a tank top. This is the only scrap of clothing. You know, no blankets or anything. I mean, they. I mean, I realize it's the middle of summer, but I mean, it's a camp. They should have. I mean, they're probably gonna be with us. Those- you know, scratchy Army-Navy blankets, but they're going to have blankets somewhere. That's what's
0: draped up to his his nipple level (laughs) um, to hide the makeup appliance. They've given him this line so that they can set up the dummy he's going to lay underneath. He yanks out a J and lights (laughs) it up. Another thing you don't want to do when you're cold. Have you ever smoked weed when you're cold? No. Okay, it's... Not a cure for for a temperature. It just really <laughs> isn't. It's it, whereas alcohol will bring out. You know, you'll ex- expel a bunch of heat. Weed only it makes everything worse. So I don't think he's cold. I think that's a scam. <laughs> I think he should be ashamed of himself.
1: Between the sex and and the marijuana and the lying about being cold, I mean, they're just being set up as someone that clearly needs to be to be punished, and and he is about to be severely punished. So
0: let us get to that. He takes a hit, he flicks off the cherry off the end of his joint, and he gets tapped on the forehead with a droplet of blood. And before he can discern exactly what is happening here, an arrow protrudes through his neck. Now he's lying down, and so it comes through the back of him.
1: Yeah, I have a little, I have a little trouble with the, the logistics of, and I realize in later movies, the the deaths get a little more implausible, let's say, and, but I mean, for one thing, the the hand that that comes up on his forehead, that's very obviously a, a, a gentleman's hand.
0: I mean, it's can, a Greek gentleman's hand. Yeah, you yes. can
1: definitely tell that is not in an older woman's hands. And I don't know <laughs> if at that point they were. It's
0: not genderless. Let's put it that way.
1: No, no. And I, I'm not sure at that time that they hadn't, if they hadn't decided yet that it was going to be. Mrs. Voorhees, I mean, because, you know, it could have Betsy Palmer could have laid under the bed, put her hand up on his forehead. I mean, it was just the I mean, obviously, no one was literally jamming an arrow through the back of his neck. But you have to put an arrow and presumably it was something they grabbed from the archery range and somehow managed to shove it hard enough through a layer of mattress, a layer Mm -hmm. of springs and the back of someone's neck. And oh, do you have a spinal
0: column in the way too?
1: Yeah, I mean, I this would think is... that a minute it pokes the back of his neck, he's going to be, you know, leaping up. How does she know where to put it? How did, you know, how would she know where to put her hand?
0: Her right hand that comes up is she's using that as a guide. But imagine yeah. the forearm strength it takes to, because that bed's only what eight inches off the ground
1: exactly so she
0: it's not like she's on the other end of that arrow she's only got one hand to do this right because the other one is holding his forehead down so yes you're right through mattress through springs through his spinal column through the rest of his throat all with one arm man she is jacked
1: she is jacked i mean i I could only see it's from years of you know cutting wood and and you know doing general labor at a at a a summer camp but it's still a little i'm not sure how that would work and 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 it's not even like it just just comes up through his neck it's like slowly pushed through (laughs) And, and obviously that is for you know for gruesome effect, he's just laying there. La da da. Oh, there's a thing poking at the back of my neck. Perhaps it's a mosquito. You know, I mean, it's bad if he just laying there and you know, there's stuff dripping on them. They don't even notice. I mean, I I, I live in New York. Anything drips on me, I immediately move out of the way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's going to be. I hope it's an air conditioner. It could be someone urinating out of a window. So I, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, and if I'm laying in like a cabin. I mean, it, this could be bird shit. It could be, you know, a, a raccoon foaming at the mouth and you're just going to lay there and like, that, that's a, I'm okay with this. This is fine. It's probably a little rainwater.
0: Yeah, I, it comes out so slow. Like you learn, if you research it enough, the gag didn't quite work. The reason that the blood spurts after the arrows all the way through is because there was a clog in the tube. Someone else is, is blowing through it, so it kind of finally gives up blurt, blurt. <laughs> but I will say, only because I have the Blu-ray freeze-framed right now, the the hand that's laying on top of his forehead right now Looks more feminine than Mrs. Voorhees' hand when she's searching for her head after her head's been
1: really, cut on.
0: yes, it I does not quite like... have the level of Greek uh, knuckle hair that 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 hand has. But none of this was meant for some for some dummy. To, to freeze on a, on a 4K Blu-ray transfer. <laughs> no one in their right mind thought that would ever happen. For what it is, I think it's a pretty nifty trick. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense, but it is unexpected. You would not, like, like the Spanish Inquisition, you do not expect someone to get arrowed through the back of the neck while lying supplying on, on a cot.
1: If you don't know that it's coming, it's startling. If you do know it's coming, it's funny. It really is. It's just kind of funny. and and, Because, again, it's like, you know, I don't even know how that's possible. Come on now. That just goes completely off the rails later. Every every death after a certain point is just completely implausible and ridiculous and wonderful. And This is in my top three. The other two we haven't gotten to yet.
0: I think poor Jack doesn't get a lot of play as a character. I mean... no, Nobody really he, does in was this movie. Not, if it was not played by Kevin Bacon... I don't know that it would be I, as
1: did he even special. Had, Did he even have any dialogue other than
0: hurry up, I'm cold? There's there's sections with him and Ned and, and Marcy bouncing around, and their odd dynamic. He's one of the kids. He's not, he's never portrayed as a, a red herring at any point, so that's not an issue. Because he's constantly running around with Marcy, he's kind of instantly discounted. They They only exist as a unit. Right. Yeah, he's just... He's just kind of grist for the mill. He's just given a pretty exciting send off for this movie. And that leads us to our one two punch of Marcy, who has gone off to pee, <laughs> goes to this outhouse, and proceeds to have what could only be described as an actor's workshop of <laughs> monologuing, talking to herself, characters interacting with nothing. <laughs> It just, I, and then she does the one thing like the amazing trend that you found last time with our Judaic tricksters, <laughs> uh, which really was an eye opener. We have yet another trope within the Friday the 13th universe that is, people who are in their 20s doing impersonations of 30s and 40s movie stars.
1: Oh, yes, you're for right. No
0: reason. <laughs> I don't know if maybe is because I am we are both too young to have been this age at this time where we just they were inundated with a lot of 30s and 40s movies on TV. Is that the excuse? The only reason I know that's an impersonation of somebody is because I watched too much Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't exactly. know that she was going for something there. <laughs> but at least Bugs Bunny he was doing something that was contemporary. She is just doing an impersonation of someone whom to be honest with you, I don't know. I was supposed to look it up and I didn't. And I'm kind of okay with it. Because if I can't tell who that is, it can't be that great of an impersonation.
1: It would be great if they like just did a straight remake and then like had someone you know singing like I don't know uh the strawberry alarm clock or something like that. It's just some relatively obscure musician from the 60s. And like
0: <laughs> so in totally out of step with their own generation.
1: She's just entertaining her, herself, I guess, which has no nobody in a movie when they're by themselves ever acts like people really do when they're by themselves. You know, when they're by themselves, you talk to yourself, you sing to yourself, you just get a little, you know, I'm saying you like, I don't do this. I do this. <laughs>
0: No, you can you accuse enter- me, it's fine. You,
1: you entertain yourself, kind of boring and lonely walking around a silent house by yourself. So, you know, now I don't know if I'm going around imitating you. Eddie Cantor, or Al Jolson—you know, seeing I love my baby, I love my dog. I might actually, that... actually, actually, I might do that, but only because Michigan J. Frogs. So. You know, Which again would be little...
0: a reference to something from the forties,
1: right? So but you, like, you know, you pick up the chicken, you do the little, the little dust legs. I may have said too much. <laughs>
0: Well, I now I know that I won't be having chicken when I'm over at the house because I live right next to you. We have Marcy searching about uh, the, the outhouse uh, or women's restroom area and a little bit of cat and mouse game with a person wearing the world's thickest boots ever. We've seen these boots before. We're reestablishing the boots. She checks some showers. They're empty. Turns around and immediately crumbles. She doesn't know who this person is. She sees a person, who we will learn later is uh, Mrs. Voorhees. Right. With a hatchet. And she just doesn't, there's no fight in her. There's no attempt to escape.
1: Yeah, she's just like, hell
0: no, I won't die.
1: Right. She's just like, oh, I've had a good run. Flang. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I went out on a high. I totally went to the bone zone with Kevin Bacon in his 80s prime. So I guess I'm worth I guess I'm okay checking out. The hatchet comes up and hits the light source in either an homage to Psycho or they're just establishing that it's a hatchet
1: they accidentally hit, hit the lamp while filming it
0: well it's its own shot so they they set it up to do this oh okay okay it's not like it's continuous it's its own shot we see it swing back down and then she comes into frame from the right side with the hatchet appliance straight into her left eye and she's gone she's you know, an that,
1: that's shot. a that's a good one too it, it's not over the top that it becomes laughable again, like later deaths in the series do. Yeah, it's just it's it's quick. It's startling. It's pretty brutal. I have to mm-hmm. wonder if Mrs. Voorhees had the hatchet under the bed with her, and or did like she just happen to have one carefully placed where she, you know, could just grab it on her way out, like you would grab your keys leaving the house in the morning. Or, I mean. <laughs>
0: She may have laced the environment of Camp Crystal Lake with weapons for herself. She does seem rather crafty. Certainly, Jason does not lay that many traps. Or or he does, I think, maybe in our next film.
1: He really just kind of relied largely on... You know, whatever happened to be sitting around, or yes. or, or his bare hands after a certain point. So because well, he
0: has the strength to do that. Uh, you know, he starts off as a rather slight, starving to death, crazy mutant from the forest, and then becomes the Incredible Hulk with a hockey mask on. <laughs> So he he is physically intimidating. She, although that cable knit sweater does bulk her up quite a bit.
1: And apparently she is, you know, strong enough to shove an arrow, you know, through an entire bed and through someone's entire spinal column. So she's yes. got some the lady's got some brawn.
0: She's got some brawn or she's she's running off a of psycho strength. Who knows <laughs> what it is. You know, that sort of A rush of adrenaline that allows a mother to pull a a car off of their baby. As we were constantly told in the 70s, (laughs) this was something that happened. And yet since then I can't say that I've heard very much about it that that was the realm of like that's incredible and real people where they would say yeah. stories like that and now with like camera phones like UFOs this is a phenomena that does not exist it, it, otherwise yeah. we would see evidence of it
1: yeah that, that's true I mean, that is something that mothers my mother's friends college roommates swears to someone like this something like this happened and no one's ever witnessed it no one's ever had a personal story
0: So she gets a hatch to the face and then we are off of her and we see Brenda and uh, friends breaking up their their stoned Monopoly, strip Monopoly game. Uh, This is right after Alice has literally lost her shirt and then the lights go out. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees, I guess, has turned off the power or interrupted the power at the very least. And here is, I think, the line... Of the movie for me, in terms of question marks that I have, (laughs) this is the biggest one, okay? So, here's Brenda. She's the tallest girl. She's the most athletic. She is the strongest. When someone pretends to drown, she passes everyone else in a dead sprint like they're standing still. (laughs) Brenda is the most intimidating threat in this entire movie from the counselor side.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: She is the most physically capable. They don't worry about whether or not she comes off as feminine or not or anything along those lines. The, the windows are blown out by the storm.
1: Oh, right, right, right. And
0: the, and the And the money goes everywhere. So, Brenda, let's get to the meat of this. Brenda turns and goes, oh, that's a shame. And then she turns directly to Alice and says... Right when it was getting interesting, mm. she doesn't say that to the guy. Mm. She says that to Alice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. I,
0: I, I, th- I think she's bi.
1: That's possible, or,
0: or a lesbian. Either, uh, I, perfectly acceptable answers to me. The white cis guy, um, <laughs> but that to me says, oh, we were about to get stoned and have sex. <laughs> all three of us <laughs> and this is the only thing that stopped it
1: because apparently everybody just came to this camp not to work but to engage in a, a, a lot of marijuana smoking a lot of sex with each other i would imagine that the working in a summer camp experience might have some of that i mean i was a, i was a camp attendant as a child i never worked at a camp but i mean it seems at some point you probably should start working on actually getting the camp ready to open.
0: Well, you can't really do that in the middle of a storm. I'll give you that. Well, when, fair enough. When the storm clouds come in and it's in the middle of the night, th- that is your prime time for the Bone Zone. That <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with. They've been left to their own devices. But I just find this moment exhilarating. Like it's this a completely unexpected moment from a movie that you primarily view through the lens of it being an 80s movie, even though it was filmed in like 79. And it's much more loose. And none of the sex in here is really with the exception of the opening section uh, where the two counselors, when we flash back when they get it, that sort of sex is is considered oh, you can tell that they feel they're doing something wrong.
1: Right. Nobody in this group feels they're doing something wrong. Curious if if that's supposed to if one is supposed to believe that that you know further enrages Mrs. Voorhees because these '70s kids are so much more you know free and open with their uh, with with their bad behavior that you know, they must pay.
0: I, I think she it's if the if the camp opens, she's going to go in there and try to shut it down, and that's that's really her mission. Well, let's let's discuss her motivations when we get to her. Okay. So uh, because that oh that will be a discussion unto itself. <laughs> so Brenda goes off. She puts on the world's most seventies nightgown of cotton.
1: It's like the Carrie nightgown.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very white and plain, with a little bit of frill going on and some needlepoint action to it. <laughs> um, it's not sexy. <laughs>
1: Well, Not you know she, and she doesn't it, need to it,
0: be sexy for me. That's that's really rude. Th- that's unfortunate. She doesn't need to sex it up for me.
1: You have full screen shot of Kevin of Kevin Bacon. I going to say Kevin Costner. Kevin Bacon's uh you butt. I mean, either it's or. All, it's all that. Da- it's pretty much all downhill from there as far as the sexiness is yeah. concerned. You know, it's 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 a, it's reached the peak level at that point and just quickly plummets after that. Uh,
0: so that's when the lights go out and she dons her uh her green raincoat to try to bring the lights back on and she hears a whisper as she's doing this this is the other element where you know mrs Voorhees is a thinker like she's she's crafty because this is where you he'll hear the help me help me and it sounds like a little girl now she has witnessed brenda try to rescue somebody who was pretending to drown earlier and, and saw that she was the one who ran the fastest. So she's luring Brenda, knowing that she's the type of person who won't just sit in her bed and read she's going to go out into the middle of the rain if she thinks that somebody needs help.
1: Yeah, but why would, like, if she's doing, like, a little girl voice, do you think Brenda just kind of has a sort of just immediate lock-and-loaded mindset where it's not going to occur to her? Why would there be a child just wandering around in the middle of the night in this unopened summer camp?
0: I think that she's the kind that, up until now, has not let someone else's prank stop her from... Examining something. She's not afraid of these people. She's mm. not intimidated by any of the guys or the girls. She's, she's kind of her own person. This is what makes her... <laughs> I'm building up Brenda, but I'm telling you, Brenda is the best character in Friday the 13th.
1: She's definitely the unsung You can't really call her the heroine because she didn't make it, but she's definitely an an underrated character.
0: I think what they may have been trying to do somewhat is give the audience some doubt that Alice would be our final girl. Hmm. That she or that they were trying to set her up in the same way PJ Souls is set up in Halloween as the person you're. You you become more attuned to like oh I like her I hope she doesn't die
1: yeah I mean there is a there is a lot of there's definitely a lot of similarities between Alice and uh, and Laurie from Halloween they're both a little meek they're both kind of virginal let's say it
0: uh, no I was just gonna say that we know that Alice isn't a virgin she's sleeping well, with no. the owner of the camp and he's begging to get back in with her and she's like you know what. I've been there and done that, and we'll discuss this at another time.
1: (laughs) Well, the, yeah, that's true. That's true. But still, I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities there. I, yes. I think they,
0: they're definitely tr- we're trying to go for that type when they cast her right. for sure. So Brenda wanders off searching for this voice. She ends up at the archery, a word that I had a great amount of trouble recalling earlier. <laughs> and then lights are turned on. She's surprised, and the screen goes blank and we don't know what happens to her later during the mayhem we get we get to witness what may or may not have happened to brenda because we get a defenestration where she's thrown through a window at alice again brenda no small fry Probably the tallest person in the camp, just thrown willy nilly through a window. She's Which wrapped some, in ropes.
1: Yeah, your face looks bloody. So, but it still doesn't really it doesn't really give you any kind of idea of what happened to her. Yeah. Just it involved a lot of ropes. Either I'm, I'm wondering now if, if there was a different death set up for her, and just they could not get it to work. So they're like, "Fuck it, just throw it through a window." And it's just it, it is a little weird how. You get, like, no idea what happened to her. Not as weird as the guy in part two who just sort of disappears entirely. Yeah, this, it's, it's, it's interesting to you know, try to ponder what her original death might have originally been, this, yeah, what might have happened to her.
0: Well, one assumes that she was set up to be shot with arrows because there's the gag earlier in the film where Bill, Harry uh, Cosby's character, surprises her with an arrow. She's kind of lured, again, to the archery center, and he shoots an arrow right in front of her. Uh, that's, always, that's, always,
1: that's always fun to do.
0: Right. <laughs> so later, Harry shows up, and he's got a face full of arrows, but why would... I mean, it, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It
1: just doesn't make any sense. I'm you out
0: on the carpet.
1: Now, see, if you go to horror.wikia.com, it does, mm-hmm. say, it does say Brenda... Hit with arrow, thrown through window, tied with a rope. So apparently an, an arrow <laughs> was involved in her death at some a, 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 at some point in time.
0: I man, if you got a weapon of choice here, Mrs. Voorhees goes for the knife first, just a regular old hunting knife, and arrow second, because she has dispatched three people with an arrow in the well, entire like, movie.
1: M- maybe she shoots Brenda with an arrow and Brenda just kinda like just pulls it right out and, and, you know, or does a thing where like, you know, she breaks it off and, you know, and, and starts immediately putting a tourniquet on. And, and, you know, Mrs. Warriors like, Oh shit. And then decides she had to like, you know, the, the rest
0: of them She's went the, this hard and, you know. <laughs> She's like the T-1000. She just yanks that arrow out and, and starts to he, see with her ears as to where Mrs. Voorhees is. She's intimidating. She's got to take care of her from a distance. Otherwise, Brenda would fuck up Mrs. Voorhees' shit. I'm Exactly, sure exactly. It. Okay, well, this brings us to Would You Rather. So, would you rather die from an arrow being pushed through the back of your neck a hatchet to your face or arrow slash defenestration slash roping
1: i i'm gonna have to say axe in the face because it's the the quickest death i mean we don't really know how long it took brenda to die and you know jack i mean it just he, i can't imagine that's just as implausible a death as it is, it's still kind of like, yeah. so I mean, at least you know, you get an axe in the face and takes out one of your eyes, you're, you're, you're checking out pretty quickly, and I'm a I'm, I'm a huge wimp, so I you know, the, the faster I can go, the better so I'm gonna have to take the axe in the face
0: I, I am going to back your play here um, I would rather get a hatchet to the face than an arrow through any part of my body <laughs> uh, I it just I think your your body would shut down, it, it, it would hit part of your brain and it, everyone would go you know what mm, see you later kids and you just drop <laughs> to the ground. I, I part part of me believes that Marcy is half dead, but just by looking at Mrs. Voorhees the way she reacts, so yeah, just, she just already so knows that she she's just, going bye bye. Yeah,
1: her, I think her heart is just seizing up at that at that moment in time. I mean, so she might have already been dead by the time the axe hit her, and it, 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 maybe she had a heart condition we don't know she was obviously you know not at all it's the kind of the opposite of brenda you know i think brenda you know what it's like you know stopped the axe with her hand and said like yeah, what are you kidding me with this this is not proper hatchet safety knocked it out of her hand like uh like when um aragorn you know manages to to knock the dagger flying in his face out of the way and you know, i think it's just that's how it would have played out if it had been brenda in the outhouse instead of marcy <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I, this has been so fantastic. I can't wait like, to do it again. Uh, thank you once again, Gina, uh, do you want to uh, tell everybody where people can find you?
1: Well, I, um, in, in in keeping with my, uh, my obsession of things in my, my childhood, like, uh, like an, amusingly terrible slasher movies. I write about seventies and eighties television at, um, I have a WordPress site, it's tuneintonight.wordpress.com, and there's also um, a Tumblr feed. It's also tuneintonight.tumblr.com. I also have a Twitter feed for it, which I hardly ever update because Twitter is a dumpster fire. So I suggest going to the web, to the website instead.
0: <laughs> Especially when it's content. It's not like you're delivering content over
1: Twitter. Yeah, All right. No, not really. Uh,
0: now now, please everyone you should check it out it's it's fantastic stuff it's incredibly uh, unique and will either bring you back to a time or expose you to something you never knew existed you can reach out to us we have a gmail it's killbykillpod at gmail.com um, we also have the kill by kill tumblr if you have questions you have comments please let us know we, we'd love to hear back from you about what you think of the show what you think about us maybe some Wonderfully, you know, snipey ways of critiquing our uh, our speaking voices, stuff like that. You know, what the internet was built for. Also, don't tell us that the storm blew out the windows. So we corrected ourselves there. It's self correcting. We're coming at this as uh, enthusiasts, not experts. All right, everybody. Until next time, when the body count continues, for myself and for Gina Radcliffe, bye bye, everybody. Bye. Kill by Kill is produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.